Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of Ramble Meets is sponsored by Bet365. Laura Woods, broadcaster. I'll stick chewing gum anywhere. Laura, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thanks. Thanks for being here with us. (laughs) You seem very happy to be here as well. I'm excited. You're always so smiling and happy. It's good. You're you're a great person to work with on that on that point of view. I mean, the professionalism stuff aside, you are always very very fun to work with. Um, When did you first um, love football? When did you first sort of become aware of of loving football? Is it is it due to a family member or is just something Mm. you picked up or what? I didn't really have a chance um, to not love football, so I didn't really have an option when I was younger because I'm the smallest child of three and uh, I have two big brothers and um, when we were younger my granddad used to well when he was younger used to live next door to Highbury so he used to sneak into Highbury when football stadiums were a little bit different to how they are now in the old Highbury and all that sort of stuff he used to sneak in he used to live in North London used to live around there Um, so when we were younger you you just get born into that sort of thing don't you and I remember my brothers used to um, make me go in goal so when we play (laughs) outside I didn't have an option. My brothers would always say to me, you're really good in, in goal. Did you know that? You're a great goalkeeper. And I'd be like, really? Am I? And yeah. it's just because they just wanted to run around sure. scoring goals. How so, much younger were you? Um, so we're, you? we're all quite close in age. So my older brother is three years older than me and my um, middle brother is one year older than okay. me. So the three of us were all born in four years. So my mum and dad had a bit of a time of it. And, um, and then, yeah, we all grew up together. We all loved Arsenal. My dad actually is a Newcastle fan though. Okay. But we never went that way. And, you know, we lived in the South and that was the sort of, that was just the way that we went. And it was like the eras, I I just remember having 
um, all of these little A4 paper um, posters that used to take out the football magazines of, of the Arsenal teams around my room. So the top, like top, just between the the wall and the ceiling, I'd have Arsenal players on there. Oh, because like those old school bedrooms, they probably still got one of those like picture frames, yeah, like yeah. lines, don't they? So yeah. you used to put Arsenal players. Or like, yeah. what, who were your favourite so players? I always remember Freddie Lindbergh for for so long was my favourite. Yeah, Dennis Burkamp. I even liked Mark Overmars, Emmanuel Petit. I was obsessed with. Yeah, I remember the World Cup. He when he came off the bench and scored. What was that? 98? Yeah, yeah. Um, Vieira as well. Yeah. Henri wasn't there yet. So that was that was sort of like beyond b- before Henri's time. But those were the days. I remember watching that final as well, Brazil, France. I remember watching it so and, and and remembering it so clearly. And because they was they were superstars of my of my time, especially when yeah. I was younger. What and, and so did, did you did you think to yourself a bit later on, perhaps, I want to work in a football, or was it something that you had an interest in broadcasting as well separately. Mm. You had an interest in the media separately. I took a detour. So when I was younger, I, also, I used to play rugby. So football, we'd play like at school, you know, in the playgrounds and stuff like yeah. that. But when we were younger, my mum, as a way, my parents broke up when I was quite little, when I was about three. And as a way of trying to get something that we could all do together, my mum took us to the local rugby club. Mm-hmm. And um, she became a coach there so she used to coach rugby and she also trained to be a referee as well so she was brilliant and uh, this you know amazing active mum and my mum was so beautiful like Mm. she is so beautiful Mm. when she was younger we used to go to this rugby club and you know like she was funny as well so like she just had guys falling over it was hilarious and then these three little kids running around and me and my brothers were all in different age groups at rugby so that was like our focus as well in terms of we used to play rugby my brothers and me would probably knock a football around at school but for a little while it was it was all about rugby when we were little um, and then I went through school and I just was very interested in sport. It was it was just something that I felt quite natural. I, my, me and my brothers have this sort of, you know, some people just have a natural ability. They can just play with anything. They can knock anything around and it's, yeah. it doesn't seem to be a problem. You I've can, heard that, yeah. Yeah, oh, you've, I've you've, never, never that done that? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> my older brother especially is just good at anything he does. He's like right. a duck to water. Like he went skiing for the first time probably when he was 18 and he was brilliant. Right. Um, so this is that's the kind of thing Like we were just very into it. So I used to play hockey, I used to play netball, football, Never rugby at school, it was always outside of school. We'd just basically do anything that was on offer. Um, so it was always that that kind of area, that sort of activeness came natural to me. And then I also really enjoyed writing at school. That was the one thing at school that I actually quite liked doing. I, I enjoyed English and I enjoyed PE. And then I, I, I remember it was, do you remember Press Packer for um, News Round? Yes. Remember the show News Round? Yeah. I used to watch that and you could apply to be a press packer so you could be one of their mini reporters. Don't tell me you were a press packer. No, I wasn't. Oh, okay. They never picked me. <laughs> okay, right. it, de- it devastated me. I used to apply for it. It's a it, damning it, indictment of their policy. Now you're doing it professionally. 100%. Isn't it? Yeah. Next time they ask me, I'll say absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to come and audition? No. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was one thing I remember when I was, because I was trying to figure out where it started. Yeah. And I think it started from there. Um, and then as I got a little bit older, the writing side of it took over and I wanted to be a print journalist. I wanted to write um, for newspapers and I wanted to write features. Um, and I went to university and I did um, journalism, print journalism there. And then while I was there, I remember thinking, oh, there's nothing about broadcast in this. And I should have known, obviously, because the whole course is print journalism. There was a little part of it which was online journalism, um, which I found incredibly boring. Um, and then when I finished, in the last year, we did... Um, work experience and they sent me out to a place called the Croydon Advertiser well you could pick where you went yeah. I picked the Croydon Advertiser because it was local to where I lived and um, 
it was the worst week in the world. It was <laughs> like what it, happened? There was like nothing, uh, torrential rain. Oh, okay, right. Torrential rain and everything. I had to go and do vox pops pretty much every day. So you're going out yeah, on the street the yeah. and you're going, oh, will you stop and talk to me in the rain? I know people who've done that course um, near where I'm from and it's really difficult that week for a particular reason and that's that they get sent to, sent to somewhere like Roland's Castle, which is like a village of like forty people, and they go right. You got to get three stories by in the week, and it's like they're literally knocking on doors. Have you, have you lost your dog? Was the bus late this morning? But it probably stands you in pretty good stead. It does because one of the days they sent me to do this um, piece on council tenants rent rising. Right. So they sent me to the Wadden Estate. It's a mm-hmm. bigger scale, a bigger estate in Croydon. And they said, right, go and um, knock on doors and get reaction from council tenants. And I was like, um, what? Anyway, I had to go and do it. Piss, piss it down with rain and um, knocking on these doors. And one of them was like, you're raising my rent. And I was like, no, I'm not. They, they, <laughs> thought, they thought I was from the council. Another one answered the door through the letterbox. Yeah. was like, what do you want? Another one invited me in and I was quite scared. I was like, can I ever leave? It was it was just one of those days. Anyway, I wrote the piece and, and I wrote it well. And they and they were like, let's come back, do some more work experience. No, never again. Didn't, didn't bother doing never it. Never went back again. And then... Um, I, the, re, the way that I got into Sky um, was because it was so random. In my second year of uni, um, you know at uni you have these really long summers. Yeah. So you've got like three months to do nothing. First year, first summer I was like, I worked. Second summer I was like, right, I'm going to go off somewhere. And I decided to go to Australia. So I just went to Australia on my own. And actually, looking back on it, it's mad really, the circumstances, how they happened. Because I was out in Australia on my own. How old was I? I was 20... Um, I was... 19. Mm-hmm. I was 19 and uh, just turning 20. Went out to Australia, went and booked myself on all these different amazing places. I was a bus driver in Cairns for a little while at a hostel and it was amazing. Yeah. I used to pick people up from the airports and from the bus stops. I remember those people because I've been to Australia. Yeah, I was like, come and stay at our place. Yeah. They were like, no, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Um, and then I started going back down the coast. So I started off in Sydney, stayed there for a little while, jumped up to Cairns where it was hot, then worked my way back down the East Coast. And um, I was on Fraser Island the largest sand island in the world. Yeah. Did you know that? I think I might have heard that. Yeah, yeah. you have to know that. You know Probably. everything. No, I don't know it. That's not true. Well, I think it is the largest sand mass in, yeah. in the world. Anyway. Well, we were going to talk about you, but since you said that about me, what about... No, carry on. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I was wondering where we were going to get in. <laughs> no, carry on. There's never a day that we work together where you don't interrupt me and start talking about yourself. Well, listen, so far, so good. <laughs> we're only about eight minutes in, though. So, <laughs> uh, so I, was on this, um, I was on this island, Fraser Island, and again, it was, it was absolutely tipping it down. It always seems to rain wherever I go. So all the things that you're supposed to do, all these activities you can't do. So you're in four by fours with like a, with like a group of eight people that you don't know. Yeah. Obviously you'll make friends and it's quite fun. You've got campfires. Anyway, we were at this campfire and there was another four by four, completely different group. And there's a guy called Andy there, Andy Quinn. And, um, we just started chatting and he was working for ITV Sport at the time as a um, as an intern. And um, we realised that we liked the same things, that we both wanted to work in the media and we both liked sport. And I'd sort of, while I was at uni, I'd, I'd started writing match reports for like the, the rugby team and the football team and stuff like that. So just to have a little bit of experience, because I just started to feel like it was the way I wanted to go and I didn't know how to get into it. Yeah. Because Again, the course I chose didn't offer sport, and um, and he was chatting. He was like, you know what, like you, you know, that's the kind of thing that you could look to do. You could get work experience somewhere, or this and that. And Facebook had just popped up, so we added each other on Facebook, and we stayed in touch. And randomly, we bumped into each other further down the coast as well. Right, right. It just happens when you do the East Coast yeah. route in Australia. Bumped into each other further down. We talked about it more. Anyway, we went home. Um, I went back to uni. Had another year left. He went back to work there. And then maybe like, I don't know, six months later, so we stayed in touch. He said, oh, I'm at Sky Sports now. 
And I was like, wow. Um, and he gave me the email address of the woman that was in charge of doing work experience. And he said, um, like, you know, I can't remember what her name was now. And he just said, drop her an email. So I just emailed her persistently and just said, look, I'll make teas. I'll do anything. Like, yeah. put me on any sport, put me in any team. And eventually she came back to me and she gave me a week on Soccer AM. Right. And um, I went in and it was genuinely like... Who was hosting it then? It was Max. Was it Max? Okay, It was, right. Max, it was one of his first years, if okay. not his first year, Max okay. and Helen. And um, gosh, I remember it clear as day uh, because the whole show, we we did the week, it was it was like a Tuesday to Saturday or something like that. So we did the week leading up to it and I was just offering teas and coffees everywhere. Uh, they, You know, I remember Rocket, I was working with Rocket and he was like, what would you do for this thing? And I was trying to come up with ideas and I absolutely loved it. I was like, this is the best thing. I think I painted a bit of prop work and I loved it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it was anything that I so could do. you just made yourself useful basically. I just enjoyed all of it, yeah. yeah. And, um, and, I, and it... And it, it sort of fit in my mind I was looking mm. at what they were doing and I was understanding it so I was like oh, were they paying you at like... that point no no work okay. experiences basically I could have paid them <laughs> right okay it was like that um, did they pay for your travel or anything like that no Blimey, okay. work experience is quite brutal it's, yeah. it's like you know if you want to come in and work with us it's your chance to be there's, I there's, always saw it like that though. Right? yeah I know what you mean there's a kind of interesting situation around that I think current day where now, people yeah. feel like you know it shouldn't be just open to people who can afford to do it I'm not suggesting you had any kind of privilege but mm. We find it, I think, a lot of media, don't we, where people can can afford to do it because they can live with their parents in London somewhere nice and it's easier. And yeah. the people who can't afford to do it don't get to do it, which I don't think is right. But I mean, I, I'm yeah, just interested yeah. really about whether yeah. they would give you any sort of help, but maybe not at that point. No, it was about an hour and a half travel. So it was, I, whatever train or car, whichever way I went, I think I drove it was about an hour and a half and it was a long way. And I thought about trying to stay with friends and that sort of stuff. But you end up just doing it because it's a week. So you're like, you know. So did it, they keep you on then? So basically what happened was... Um, after we did the show on the Saturday and it was hilarious and uh, I loved it. And then I went off and went traveling again. And I couldn't, when I went traveling again, this time I went for six months and I couldn't stop thinking about it because I'd graduated. Um, so I kept emailing them while I was away and I said, please, can I come back? Yeah. Anyway, um, they didn't reply. And when I got home, I remember calling up. Was it because your paint, paint work was bad? Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing worked. All my ideas were rubbish. Yeah, this has got to go out on HD, Woods. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. um, I, called, I called up the switchboard and the switchboard were like, do you work at Sky? And I went, no, but I want to. And they cut me off. Huh. And for about a week, I was really hurt. And I was like, I is bet, this yeah. my dream over? What am I going to do? Anyway, it started emailing again. And then the girl replied and she was like, look, I'm not in this position anymore. Stop emailing me. She gave me somebody <laughs> else's email. Right. And I did the same thing. And then I got another week's work experience that turned into two. And then they um, turned into, they were like, look, we want to keep you on, but we'll pay you this time. Um, so you're pretty tenacious then. You're really up for it. Yeah, I yeah. do. I, honestly, I was, I, I, I remember one of the first jobs I did when they gave me a role. The first team I worked on was called the pub sports team, which su suited me down to the ground. So it was um, Speedway darts, snooker and pool. This is when you moved into your, when you got an actual job. Yeah. And you, you were an assistant producer doing that then, were you? No, I was I was a junior. So assistant okay. producer. Like a runner, happens. basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was an individual runner for their team. So at Sky, you become a runner and you work on all the different teams. Um, and then you get selected by a team and you mm. stay on that team. That's how it used to work. So it was almost like, you know, you'd, um, it was a real rite of passage. You you mm. do your, your, your badges as a runner and then you get picked. And it was always a bit controversial because during my work experience, the pub sports team were looking for a full-time junior, but they hadn't found anyone in the runner pool that they wanted. And then I did work experience with them as well as a couple of other teams that, that those two weeks. 
and um, they offered me a, a job straight off the bat. They said, come and work directly for right, us. You, right, right, you right. won't do the runner's rotor. Um, and it and it annoyed a couple of people, but yeah. as, I, I just didn't care. I was like, right. I don't care because I've always been quite, um, I don't know, if I see something that I want, I've always been quite hardworking to get sure. there. So I loved it. It was a great opportunity for me. At this point, are you thinking my ultimate end game is to be in front of the camera and on mic and all that kind of stuff? You, you, you blankly had some experience seeing people do that and that's what you wanted to do yeah. so you're working towards that at this point yeah at that point I knew and I remember saying to somebody I want to be a reporter and they said don't tell anyone that right and I said why not and they went oh everybody walks through the door and wants to be a reporter right okay so it was weird it was a weird culture it was like don't tell people that you want to do it but I never liked that because I thought yeah but I'll, I want to be the one that does it though I don't just want to be one that comes in and goes oh, I want to be a reporter you know yeah. you do get that a lot you do sure but you don't know if those people have what it takes to make it and you shouldn't I don't think you should discount anybody who says mm. that they want to do it. But I guess maybe they'll think that if you if that's your end game and that's the only reason you're there you won't put the work in in the maybe, meantime. Maybe yeah, maybe. Yeah. And having worked with you I feel like that's a reasonable <laughs> or something. No, I'm joking. So 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 you start and I think most people will so essentially your story of getting to where you are now a lot of it's been through it's not been um going to auditions and reading no. doing screen testing and reading auto cues like the Sky Sports News guys kind of do you've been working you've come up through the sort of the inner machinations yeah. of the company yeah. most people will know would have first seen you probably on the darts is that right yeah so when did that so. come about when did they first decide they wanted to give you a go at, at putting you on camera for oh. the darts it took ages I think it took about six years and I'd done every job there was to do in production I'd, right. I'd gone through from runner junior um, assistant producer associate I'd started producing shows as well. I remember the first show that I produced on my own was um, the um, Premier League Snooker. And it was great with Andy Goldstein. Yeah. Andy Goldstein was my presenter. And um, my boss was really keen for me to be a producer. And he used to always say to me, um, you're, you're better suited at that than reporting or presenting. Mm -hmm. But everybody is rubbish at presenting and reporting when they start. It's, of course. Do, yeah, you remember yeah. when, do you remember when you're younger? There's one thing I used to do with my cousin. Me and my cousin used to record fake radio show. I used to do that, yeah. Right, on your cassette yeah. machine. Yeah, I used to do that, yeah. Yeah, and then we had a keyboard and we'd make a jingle and it'd be like, ding, ding, ding. And then we'd right. go, hi, welcome. Like, You're a much more high-end production than me. Yeah, we had a proper... I used to just talk into the little mic. <laughs> my, my cousin, my cousin was the one on the on the keyboard. Right. And it was hilarious. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Have you listened back to them? We can't find them. Oh, it'd be good if you we, could find if them. If I could find them, yeah. it'd be amazing. But we but you're used right. to do Isn't, that. You, there's no substitute. It's almost a bit like a penalty shootout, right? You can't... Yeah. You can't, you can't simulate it. Exactly. Exactly. The, you just got to so, get on with it. Yeah, so those things. And when, when we used to listen back immediately, we go, oh, I hate the sound of our own voices. Yeah. Because everybody sounds bad when they start doing it. It's yeah. a confidence thing. Anyway, so for ages, I was sort of dissuaded from the idea of doing it. And then I remember, that, oh, I just remember it so clearly. I'd, I'd started doing producing and I thought, well, this is it, I think. This is it. I'm just going to be a producer. And it was fun, but there was no buzz. There was no excitement for me. I, I didn't, I don't crave that feeling of being in control of, of something. And I also didn't want the responsibility. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's probably like, stood you in good stead, though, because it gives you a good understanding of how everything works. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know yeah. everybody's job in front and behind the camera. So did you go up to the producer at one point when you were working on the darts and say, look, I want to do this? Yeah, so I said to my boss, Rory, um, who is a wonderful man, and... Um, I said to him, right, um, you have a spare camera at the darts, an ENG camera that roams around outside. It's not a live camera. It does pictures from behind the scenes and whatever you want, really. It turns it around and we might use it into the, like, for tease like pictures. Like B-roll stuff, stuff like that. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. B-roll. Um, I said, look, can I just interview these darts players when they come off stage at the Premier League? Because I know them so well and I used to always do the interviews 
leading up to um, any event behind the scenes. So if you, it was like an interview where I'm interviewing you, but you're the only person in shot, I'd always make sure I was one that asked the, the questions. Right, okay. So for six years, I've been doing that behind the scenes, speaking to everybody, practicing my interview technique. And that was my only way in, really. Um, so I knew the players and I knew her character. Um, and I said, can I just go and do like a funny five minute um, interview sketch thing with them um, and then put it out on YouTube. If you like it, you, you like it. And if you don't, I'll make my own YouTube channel. And he was like, fine, whatever, do what you want. Stop hassling me. It basically, yeah. Just be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I'd always take the winners or whoever was around. I'd do these little interviews. I'd make these funny little packages and I called it Off the Oki. And um, I'd voice it. I'd never do pieces to camera because I was too scared. Yeah. Um, and then I'd put them out on YouTube and um, he liked them. So we put it on the Sky Sports YouTube. And, and then I just did them every week. And then from then, we Sky started a, um, a show called Game Changers, which was a kid's show. We'd never done that before. And the new producer of the kid's show got in touch and she said, I've seen the stuff that you've done for darts. Um, we're looking for a producer slash reporter role. Would you like to come and do it? So then... I left the darts, the pub sports team. Um, I went and started doing bits of reporting, so features for that. Um, and then I got a role on NFL when it was in um, the international series. So when it came to London, yeah. two or three games, pitch side reporting. And that was my first live experience in anything. How, how nervous were you then? I was, uh, honestly, can I swear? Yeah. I was like shitting it, honestly. <laughs> but you, So this is a big transition, but people listening at home who won't have a, that much experience working in, in media or whatever, going from pre-recorded <laughs> to live is a big deal. It's so different. And to do it on TV when you've done none of it before, you must have. it must have been horrendous. I mean, yeah. it, it takes all of, in my limited experience of it, it takes all of your wherewithal to not just completely collapse into a heap crying. Do you know what? The, yeah. the first thing I had to do was you know, it's just amazing really when you think about it the first thing I had to do live bearing in mind I've never done live TV never interviewed anybody before unless it's pre-recorded and I can make a mistake the first thing I had to do was introduce Def Leppard to Wembley wow that's amazing <laughs> so Wembley so I walked into the middle of Wembley and I was like Oh my god! So they said, "I'll oh, just go out and do that, will you?" Yeah. Just, just. I know you're doing this bit to camera later, but can you just go and do this? And yeah. you'd never done that before. Never done it before in my life. Never introduced anybody. <laughs> never on TV. Never in front of how what eighty thousand at Wembley. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And I remember in the you didn't go meeting. sort of hello leopard, welcome to Deaf Wembley or anything I like that. I nearly did. <laughs> yeah. In the production meeting, I always remember we were we were but you know like in the back of Wembley, nobody ever really sees like the guts of Wembley, but it's yeah. basically a car park inside yeah. underground. And I remember in the production meeting, one of my um, AP mates, um, Paddy, had a piece of paper and he was scribbling something on it, and there was like a load of us, like ten or fifteen of us, in this meeting, and he held up this bit of paper like this, and it just said eighty thousand. Wow. And I was like, you are such. <laughs> <laughs> so I went out and did it and I, I can't watch it back because I cringe every time but I was like oh hello Emily like, you? You know, was it really that bad or you just been harsh on yourself I'm, I'm always harsh but it was pretty shit I mean I didn't make a mistake I didn't call them something else I didn't call them and that's a, I su- yeah, <laughs> but I, suppose, I suppose there's like a an element of it where it won't feel like it at the time but it's a bit of a free hit because they're not there to see you right exactly, they're, not, they're, they're yeah. probably with respect they don't know who you are so they, you, they're going to forget about it within like 10 seconds they were probably still eating and drinking at that point yeah. the concourse or whatever and yeah. then Def Leppard came on they were great and then I interviewed the, the lead singer um, that was probably my second or third, and then yeah. and then you you roll with it, and then you just you you kind of learn on the job, but you have to, don't you? There's like you say, there's no way of recreating that yeah. environment anywhere yeah. else, unless yeah. you're just you know bumping into people in the I street. Think, I think the absolute ideal you want to be, the stage you want to be at, and I don't really do radio, but the stage you want to be at is where you almost forget the mics, the cameras are there, yeah. and then you know when you're when you yeah. see. Um, 
I think when I see like Dave Jones on Sky Sports, yeah. who's um, who, who, I've, who I've met and and who's done this actually, and one or two others, like you you realise how relaxed they are because as soon as you visit a set or you're playing some sort of small part, you think, God, this is you know what? It's a lot to remember here, and, and to make it yeah, and yeah. to make it really natural sounding when you've got someone in your ear, three guests, you can cut yeah. at any point, you've got cameras moving around. It's really really tough. It's hard. I remember that what you're talking about there as well. This this clicked for me. So after I did Game Changers, I then moved on to um, Soccer AM Online. So they started a YouTube channel. That's a demotion. No, no. Isn't it? Oh, no, you're, no. you're doing really well. We're going to put you online. No, because it was. I saw it as something completely different because it was the role was presenter. So mm. I'd gone from being, and I didn't do that much on Game Changers. It was it was here and there doing bits and bobs, and I still could do the NFL, but I couldn't do Game Changers anymore. So still had the NFL to do, um, but they they auditioned me for um, for Soccer AM. So I went and had this little screen test with them and you basically just chit chat and yeah, I remember you had to make a, an audition video and it was just some, anything they didn't give you any detail they just said it needs to be a minute long or something and I remember I'd, I made an audition video about dog pong so I attached you no know, beer pong yeah. I attached a cup to my um, brother's dog Maggie <laughs> and we basically tried to throw um, little beer pong balls into it. Um, so animal cruelty was yeah, your screen test, basically. basically yeah, yeah. they loved that, presumably. But she, yeah, but I look after that dog quite regularly, so she owes me one. Um, anyway, so <laughs> I, it got me in, and it got me all the audition, and then I got the job. So it was me and Smithy. I don't know if you've met Smithy, but Adam no. Smith before. No, I haven't. Frankie Fryer on Soccer AM. Yeah, okay. The day. Anyway, so I did that. And the the day that, what you're talking about, I think for a presenter, there's a crossover. It's like you say, where you go from speaking in somebody else's voice to speaking in your own voice. Yes. Um, I always remember one of the worst pieces of advice anybody ever gave me. I went for a screen test with with someone. Okay. Yeah. Sky Sports News. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and somebody's <laughs> You know when you whisper, yeah. the mic still picks it up, right? Yeah. There's cameras as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Night Sports News. <laughs> yeah. I went for a screen test of Sky Sports News when I was about twenty two. Could have been worse. It could have been Satanta Sports News. It could have been, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then it would have been really bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um it it destroyed my confidence for about three years but so the, when I said earlier you didn't go through that traditional route it sounds like you did try them but it didn't work for oh, you I did. because you yes yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah yeah when you say the traditional route what yeah. was the advice you were given the advice I was given was um go and watch other presenters and how they do it and do that right that's terrible advice <laughs> terrible advice we're going to learn a bit more about that uh, after the break we've got to take a quick break and after that also we're going to talk a bit about um your experiences as a football reporter mm. and perhaps as a radio co-host as well oh. I've got a few pointers actually <laughs> A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Welcome back to this Ramble Meets episode with Laura Woods, sponsored by Bet365. Before the break, you were given terrible advice. I've probably given you lots of terrible advice as well, but we won't go into that now. You have. That, you said that was so bad and you and you bombed so bad in that screen test that it set you back years. Yeah, it did. Um, because I'm not a fluid reader and, and for a very long time after I did that screen test, I thought, am I an undiagnosed dyslexic? I genuinely right. thought that um, because I couldn't. I sat in front of that um, autocue. I'd never done autocue before and it is very different. And if anyone's thinking about going and doing it, I would urge them just to go and get some practice somewhere. You can download on apps now. You can get an app with a teleprompter. Yeah. So you set it at a certain pace. Yeah. You have to keep up with it. There's not a person doing it for you, but you've got to get experience because it is very different. Um, anyway, I sat in front of that autocue and I couldn't even, I couldn't get through maybe two lines without stuttering or, or making a mistake or misreading it. And what were you doing for a job at this point? You were at Sky Sports somewhere else? I was working in production. Okay, so yeah. yeah. So basically, they're, they're almost two different companies, Sky Sports News and Sky Sports. So I was in Sky Sports working on the pub sports team as an yeah. assistant producer, um, which, by the way, is the best job. So yeah. if you're thinking about getting into production, the assistant producer is amazing. Um, and um, I went and I just decided, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go because I used to do these open screen tests so you could apply for them and then they go, yeah, whatever. So I went and did it and it genuinely, it ruined, it ruined me because I, I finished and I was so distraught I thought the job that I thought I could do I actually can't do and I could never mm. see another way into into mm. reporting or presenting other than that route because for for a long time unless you're a proven presenter at Sky Sports I don't know I don't know anyone else that has done it another route other than doing it that way yeah so I didn't have any role models to say this there's another way of doing it anyway so in my head, for a really long time, I thought I can't do it. Went into producing and thought this is it now. Um, but I always had that niggle. I always had that sort of what if I could just, you know, I felt like I had more to give. And I'm the youngest of three kids, so I'm, you know, I'm always being like, look at me, look at me, like, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> really, yeah, come okay. on, like yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. You don't get, you don't get, you don't notice that ever, right? <laughs> no, the listeners probably don't know that, but as I actually know you, I absolutely know that. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyway. Um, Fast forward to then getting this chance on Soccer AM and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. It was everything about Soccer AM online was lighthearted, um, fun. It was football. It was working with guys my own age. Mm. Um, and we just got to go and do the most amazing things and we got to interview the most amazing footballers. But we weren't sitting down going, 
tell me about your life. Like, or yeah, you're just having fun <laughs> with them, like right? You are. Yeah. But I think people. So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't have any experience of soccer M at all mm. behind the scenes. So I would say I'd probably subscribe to this a touch as well. I think people would perhaps assume that for a girl, for a young woman working in that environment, it's a bit of a bear pit, and it was it was difficult. Was it difficult for you at any point? No, soccer AM or just Sky. Well, both. So, well, Sky more broadly because of what's happened in the past, yes, which you will know yeah. about. So, I guess yeah. I mean, the answer would be to Soccer AM and then to Sky more broadly. For Soccer AM, no, never, um, because the guys that I worked with on Soccer AM were just the best guys. Like I said, all all my age, um, all all of them pretty much have come through the ranks at Sky as well. So, all very sure. humble and down to earth. Right, Sky's not not an easy place to progress in you have to mm. work hard and and you will get found out if you're not working yeah. or, or you don't really want to be there you'll get found yeah, out I worked there four years got nowhere left yeah exactly yeah. I'm living that. testament to that yeah. You know. yeah. or if it, perhaps not just those examples there Laura, but if perhaps you don't already have an awful lot of talent it gets found out quite <laughs> easily <laughs> yeah yeah. but, but you're you, flourishing so good on you <laughs> you can make up for a lack of talent with hard work right uh, so they tell me so they tell me yeah. <laughs> apparently yeah. Um, so no never ever felt it on Soccer AM always felt I've always always felt comfortable in um, the presence of men because of my brothers. Sure. So I've never had that worry. Whereas actually it can be a little bit intimidating and I don't, I don't doubt that Sky can be in a very intimidating place to come if you're a woman. For, any, for, for anyone or for a woman particularly? I think for anyone just in general because it's such a big company um, and you do get a little bit overwhelmed by it but it's full of wonderful people it really is yeah. and and like i say really hard working people so everybody's quite humbled at sky because they've been through it yeah um i've when i walked in there when i was a woman and i i was on the end of the era where sky was a different place to work yeah um so when i joined it was almost uh, the culture had changed completely yeah. um and it was a great place to be but i i mean i don't doubt that Sky has always been incredibly supportive, but it only protects you so far. You know, that's. But well, there's like 15,000 people working there, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a yeah. difficult, it's a big company. Yeah, it is. And it's hard to get, it's hard to stand up and get noticed as well. You have to yeah. really put yourself in the firing yeah. line for a lot of that. Um, but no, I've never felt uncomfortable for being a woman ever. And I've always felt as well, because the, the producers demand so much of you, you're not there for fun. Mm. You've got a job to do. Mm. What, whatever role I've done, whether it's a runner through to producer, through to reporter or presenter, you're you're being paid for a job. And if you can't do it, you're out. So that's that's mm. nothing to do with your gender. If I can't do something, it, it's it, whether I'm a woman or, or a man, I'm not doing my job. So that is that has always been my priority is to to go and do the best job I can and to go and impress as much as I can. What about the world of football more broadly then? So so basically, the what I must say before I forget about it is is that that changing of your voice. So if if, if there's any presenters or, or budding presenters that want to listen, um, I want to do it. Um, the one thing that made me transition from just somebody talking in front of a camera to myself in front of a camera yeah. was we went to the Euros. So I remember I pitched this idea, me and me and the boys in the team um, pitched this idea to go to the Euros two years ago and um, in France. And we, we were like, right, we're just going to travel around. We're just going to go and visit as many different grounds as we can, speak to as many different fans as we can and just have fun. And what came out of it was just this amazing insight into what we had no footage you know it wasn't it wasn't a sky show you know it wasn't the, the euros wasn't shown on sky so we had no footage of the actual right. games so it was just 2016 around it yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, everything around it traveling yeah. these places meeting these fans in the street going to the fan parks it was just great fun and um 
we had this contract with Facebook. It was where Facebook Live had just come up. So we had this contract with them where we had to do a 10-minute long um, Facebook Live every day. So it didn't matter where we were. Right. And, and, you know, this is a month long. So you're getting yeah. into it where you're like, oh, sometimes there's a break in games as well, especially yeah. between the semis and the finals and that sort of stuff. So the, when it was the group stages, there was loads to talk about. But we'd get to the point where we'd be... Hungover? Always, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe still drunk a lot of the time. Yeah, Those yeah. are great. And actually, that might be the that might be the suggestion. Just get drunk and do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. But it was sitting in front. I remember this one morning. We were sitting in front of there, and we were talking about Ronaldo, and um, and we were talking about why Ronaldo is the best player in the world. And we were just sitting there, and there was no script, and we were just talking. As we were talking, we always used to read out the um the note uh, the um comments, comments from the yeah, viewers sure. and some of them were hilarious and some of them were rude and you just get you know you, your skin gets very thick when you work in tv or, or online or whatever and um we were just encouraging people to send in their suggestions and when i finished i was like wow that was really easy and it was because you forget yeah what you're trying to be and you just become yourself yourself yeah, yeah. and it's as, as much airtime as you can physically get even if it's just a facebook live to your mates you've got to get in the habit of talking comfortably yeah with a, with a microphone in front of people you. see through it if you because you, if you don't if you're if you're portraying yeah. some sort of role or you're being someone else it's just so much effort to keep it up you can hear it can't yeah you? exactly and besides people will see through it because you'll eventually fall off <laughs> and the fact the mask will slip or whatever exactly you know? but but um so now, now you're working obviously overwhelmingly in football yeah. and we talked a bit a second ago about sky sports and and the, and the culture there was it when you when you finally broke into football and obviously now we see you on on the weekends on Sky Sports and on the Premier League coverage and all that kind of stuff? Has the world of football been welcoming to you as a new person into it and as a woman? Yeah, um, internally the world of football has been very welcoming. Um, externally, online, it, it's tough. Yeah, that is tough. Yeah, and the, the the early parts of it. So when I started working on Soccer AM, it was a bit of a younger audience then. And they are much more willing because they see more women in these positions than than the older generation. They're much more willing to accept it. They don't really have a problem with it. But you will obviously get the odd kid in his bedroom who's probably 12 years old in his underwear yeah. writing something about the size of your boobs or, yeah. you know, the fact that you're talking to a player must mean that you're having sex. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That sort of stuff. You get that even now. You you will, And I don't think you'll ever get away from that. Is it just younger men or is it older men that do that? No, it's still older men, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, But then when you move into the realms of... Um, mainstream football coverage I think at the beginning part of it I mean actually working in TalkSport so TalkSport came first and I was doing Soccer AM and I was doing features for the Premier League for football um, and then TalkSport came along and um, that for me was a completely new audience. It was it was just being exposed to a whole different level of, of audience. And TalkSport is 90%, maybe even 95% male. Hmm. And at the beginning, I think... You mean the audience or the, or the employees? Oh, both. Yeah, At the beginning, um, when I hear someone who's nervous, I can hear it in their voice. Yeah. You know, that sort of... Like, oh. Yeah. And it's a little bit like blood to a shark. Yeah. So if, if a TalkSport audience hear nerves, they are straight on you. Yeah. And they are really, and they, and they can be very unforgiving. And with nerves come mistakes. So even though you know what you're talking about, you've said it a million times before, you might make a mistake that you would never make, but you've made it and you've made it on, on mainstream radio and it's out there and the audience are waiting for you to slip up. And that is the one thing that I find as a woman, I do find that... Somebody once said it to me, 
you have to work harder if you're a girl because the height that you fall from is greater. Yeah. And that is a really horrible quote, but it's true. Yeah, I, th- I think working with you over the last year or so has shown me how much easier I have it <laughs> purely because we essentially occupy the same role on the same show. And I, I mean, at best... Well, sorry, at worst, people are largely indifferent to me. Like if, if, I, if, I, if I make a mistake or say something stupid, I might get a tweet. Yeah. I'll tweet. And I've got a decent amount of followers. It's not that there's no one out there. Um, but with you, it's like I if I ever happen upon your Twitter and I click on your profile and you you I mean you do take it head on a lot of the time and you do sort of give a bit back, which I think is you know, it's entirely up to you, but I, I personally quite enjoy it. Um but you have so much more to deal with on such a regular basis yeah. that's why I'm kind of interested to tap into how you feel about that and how is it ever really sort of knocked you off course have you ever second guessed about whether you want to be doing it or do you mm. just take it as part of the uh, part of the, um, the the gig which to me would be sad but I would understand why that is the case yeah I'll give you a good example that of a mistake that I've made recently um, I've got a few here actually <laughs> No, I haven't. I, haven't, I, haven't, I, haven't, no. I once, um, and this wasn't even that long ago, I was doing team news and um, John Joe Kenny was on the bench and I was, and I said John Joe Shelby. Right. Because it just, I don't, it just popped in my mind. Yeah. Just popped in my mind. Have you heard of a show called The Football Ramble? <laughs> because those mistakes are made probably once every 10 minutes without fail yeah. every show. So really it's not, it's not the end of the world, is it? But for me it was because I'm a, I'm a perfectionist in one, but also I know how badly one little mistake like that can go down. Yeah. And, the, and then you sit there and you think, I want to tell everybody that I know the difference and, and, and that I, it's just a mistake that I made. But the worst thing about it was that I, it, I didn't even hear myself say it. So right. when I finished the team news, I went, that was all right, actually. Yeah. Went onto Twitter and I had about, a, I, honestly, oh, right. I must have had So people jump tweets. on you straight away. But, yeah. but is it, was, was the feedback in that case, was that, did you realise you made a mistake there or was that you're a fucking woman, you shouldn't be doing it and this is proof that you shouldn't be doing it? No, I'll tell you what it was um, and it's got easier. The more people know you and the more you work in, in um, football and radio and TV, the audience get better because, not they don't get better, but they grow with you. So they are they know you and they, they hear you enough and they understand you. I think it's a case of new faces in, in sport can rub people up the wrong way and a new female face in sport can rub people up even more. Um, so the majority of those were, were laughing. They were like, oh, Joe, Joe Kenny, like, where did he pop up for? Because yeah. it, it, it was funny, you know, it was funny. But you will have the odd one. I might get 20 tweets of people laughing along with me and I reply to them going, oh, yeah, what a nightmare, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. These things happen. And then I'll get one saying, um, you don't know what you're talking about. I remember there was a thread, actually. Someone someone clipped it up and put it online. And um, and it was and it was something I can't remember what the what the words were, but somebody tagged me in it, and I wish I wished this day I'd never even come across it. And it, basically, they clipped it up, and they'd said something along the lines of. Um, uh, you know, great journalism from Sky Sports or something like that. And then there were just tons of these tweets about me being a woman, me being shit, mm. um, me being this and that. And and the thing is, it's like you make mistakes in every every day and any sure. job that you do. Sure, we are just in the in the business of making mistakes on air in the public eye in the public eye in in an era where you can't get away from. And also, also that is, I don't think people fully understand the discipline that is needed because. A lot of people can go to work with a hangover on a Monday, sit in an office, people won't hassle them, they'll get away with it and they'll, they'll phone it in for that day yeah. and go, right, tomorrow I'll do the work and I'll catch up. Exactly. And in this game, you can't do that. You, you, can't. you have to be so disciplined. You have to be very disciplined about what you do the night before, your preparation beforehand. And then not only that, if you do make a mistake or anything doesn't go as well as you want it to, in your case, you're going to get 
500 man children yeah. telling you that you shouldn't be in there in the first place because of a particular gender you are, yeah. which obviously is unforgivable, but sadly appears to be the way of the world. What do you think is the best way of combating that? Because you are someone who's quite forthright in it. You take them on, you challenge them. Mm. And I spoke to Max Rushton, also of this parish, as we know, yeah. before, and he he's quite similar. I know it's a different type of thing, but he'll, he'll go into bat and he'll read them out on air and all the rest of it, yeah. which personally I don't really do. Do you think it's the best way of approaching it, doing it that way, or do you think you, you I'm, it's just I'm, what works for you? Basically, yeah, I'm not. I'm I'm the same as you. I I don't like giving them airtime. Um, I wouldn't read it out on air. And, but on Twitter, you do it. But on Twitter, um, I don't reply to all of them, and because that to, would be impossible. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. so many. Though. Yeah. Um, but what the way that I deal with it is, um, if I can think of a funny retort, then I'll I'll send it. But do you not think that gives them not the option of publicity? Um, and it encourages other people to do it because they want because ultimately they just want a reply they just want validation yeah. don't they? well no what I find actually is that if I reply if it's funny enough um, I feel that I've, I've actually Twitter can be used in two ways like you can you can take it for all the, the negatives but you can also take it for the positives and actually I have a really I have a really nice following as well like the people yeah. that have followed me I think it's I think it's because um, a lot of my followers might have started when you know I was I was doing bits and bobs here or there, um, and now I've moved up a little bit. So I get I get some really lovely support from people saying yeah. that we've seen how far you've come and that sort mm. of thing. Um, and also I think when you sometimes when you reply to somebody and it is a negative tweet and you, and you and you say something to either make light of it or make light of them, um, you, what you end up doing is getting other people getting involved. I would never I'm not I'm not really in the business of quote retweeting something. Right, I would just reply, reply directly. Yeah. So otherwise it looks a bit like. You're setting the dogs on people. Yeah, right? and I okay. wouldn't I wouldn't want to do that. And yeah. and to be honest, it's only really lately that when you reply, it pops up in other people's feeds. And That's I right. never used to never it never used to, used to that, happen. No. So you could reply directly to somebody yeah. and it could go under the radar. And and the thing is, I am I'm teaching myself every day to just not reply at all. Yeah. And I and I and I'm getting better at it because these people, like you say, sometimes you reply and that's all they want. They just want one God. They I, want to know you've seen it. Like exactly, they, and, and yeah. if you don't reply, yeah. They don't know that you've seen it and you don't give them the validation they need. I had one the other day that I, if, sometimes it catches you in a bad mood. So you can be in a bad mood or you can be particularly vulnerable. And it's the worst. If you come off there and you feel you haven't done a great job and, and this happens as well, you find mm. it. Some It's the same with anything. It's the same with um, a professional footballer. He's got all the talent in the world, but he'll have a bad day. Yeah. You know, we've got all the experience that, that, we, that we've worked on in, in our past but we could just have a really shit day sure. and that could happen. And it does And you always do. know. You're the first person that knows yeah, as well, right? with you more regularly than most no, people. No, that, yeah. that's, that's a shame. Yeah. I mean, so that's unfortunately also true, so <laughs> I, I can't complain about that. Yeah. Um, but you, you could come off air and especially when you work the really early mornings, you're tired and you're vulnerable. You feel like you just want to go back to bed yeah. and, and, get in, and get in your duvet and be protected. Um, and then you might have someone say something. And I remember there was this one guy and he was just... You can tell when they want to be particularly um, hurtful. So they will pick out something. And I think he said, I had a big nose. And he said, I had this. And I said, I had that. And he said, why don't you go and get a nose job? And why don't you go? And I was like, I quite like my nose. And then, <laughs> yeah. then I was like, oh, have I got a big nose? And then you sit there and you think about it. And you're like, oh, no. And then you realise that these people, they, they don't have a, a photo of themselves. No. They've, and you go through their line and they're only tweeting hatred mm. to people and you sit there and you mm. think, oh, what a sad existence that you've created a Twitter profile just to have a go at people. Yeah. And you start to think, actually, what what what, what sort of a person are they really yeah. and should you value their opinions? But- the, ge- the general rule is um, is people don't hate on people doing worse than they are. 
Yes. And I remember seeing Joe Rogan or something the other day saying, yeah, do you think Michael Jordan sits down on, on YouTube <laughs> and starts posting comments about how he hates people? It, it doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. People have got other things in their lives, successful people. It's true. But, but so you, I mean, the public aside, and of mm. course we, we're living in, a, in an era at the moment, it feels like where there's been a, there's a lot of prejudice, a lot of bigotry, and it feels like it's getting worse. Um, and, and fine, I don't really want to tackle that at the moment, but mm. putting that to one side, you think... Presumably, you feel like the industry itself and football has been pretty good to you, and you've and you've had a good experience overall. But clearly, you must. I mean, maybe you don't. Maybe you don't agree. But is it is it is it a case that the industry, both industries, still have a way to go where it comes to treating women properly in general? Yeah, I definitely think in general. I think that just it, more representation, more better yeah. working practices, that kind of thing. Or, but, but honestly, Luke, I've never seen it better. I've never seen it better. There's so much support. Uh, I think, and I can only speak from my own experiences, but there's so much support within the two companies that I work for predominantly, Sky Sports and TalkSport. And I understand that there's a way to go to level things out because at the moment it's it's not level for a number of different reasons. It might be pay, it might be representation, it might be the level that females can get to. And that's not just in front of the camera, that's also behind camera, you know, yeah. putting, putting females in... in, in managerial roles so that when other women come to work they have something to aspire to because yeah. I, I remember there was a Sky did something they, they, it was about women in, in leadership and, and Sky sent something out and they're very on this they're very they want to be at the forefront of how to get women in powerful positions more and they said that it's not necessarily um, that women aren't getting the jobs it's that they're not applying for the jobs and the reason they're not applying for is because they have this innate sense that they won't get the jobs because of what's happened before them so you've got you've got to try and change that somehow you've Mm. got to change that culture by saying no 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 it's you don't need to be intimidated by this environment yes it's predominantly male at the moment but we are trying to change that Mm. and you need support to make that happen so of course you know I have I mean I'm not going to say that, that I haven't experienced one or two elements of direct sexism yeah because I have mm. but those are from individuals and those are from individuals yeah. that I would not say represent either of the companies that I work for um I mean I'll tell you I remember um I can't I won't name a name but um there was one person who said to me you're not here for your experience or for your presenting mm. talent you're here to address the balance mm. And it was a real throwaway comment, but mm. it was a direct comment. Mm-hmm. It was it was you know almost a a, a wolf in sheep's clothing comment, mm. and um, and it stuck with me. And mm. I thought about it, and then what it actually did for me was um, it did the opposite. Rather than make me feel like I wasn't worthy of it, of it, it made me think you're probably threatened by it. And I think if you can try and yeah. change those negative thoughts into something that spurs you on, you can actually make a positive out of most things. Yeah. Well, you I, should, I mean, in that case, you shouldn't have to, but I understand that you've, no, got, you you've got to try and no, make a, a silk purse out of a pig's yeah. ear in that kind of case. Well, exactly. Yeah. And I, and I suppose it comes down to also, in light of comments like that, you don't want to, as a woman within that particular industry, you don't want to feel like the exception. Yeah. You, you, don't, you don't want to have a, a, a situation where that person can even get away with saying that because you can look around and go, well, actually, that's bullshit because there's a woman there, there's a woman there. there's a, yeah. and, and, and so you don't feel like the exception. You feel like just yeah. a normal employee, which is the most important thing. So were you going to say something? Then? I was just going to say that is another thing, Luke. You don't, what you don't want to do, what you don't want to feel as a woman is that you've just been given the role because you're a woman. Of course, woman. absolutely, yeah, and, yeah. And that's hard. And that's something or because that, you're of an ethnic minority or whatever it may yeah, be. Yeah, exactly. exactly yeah. And that is something that you battle with sometimes because you, you listen to enough people saying it and, you, and sometimes you think, 
Is that is that why I'm here? Mm. But I always think what you've got to remember with these kind of situations is the reason women aren't there in the first place is because it yeah. has it hasn't been offered to them. They've never had that opportunity. Yeah. So women filtering in should just be a rite of passage anyway. It shouldn't oh, it shouldn't be absolutely. And I think do you know what? Um, since working with you over the last year or so. Um, you know, sh- shockingly, really, it's been the first time I've worked in close quarters with a woman mm. doing the same job as me. And I feel like, obviously it isn't about me, but very, very quickly, I've come through making podcasts for 10 years and six, seven years, years, no one really gave a shit. Yeah. And I feel like I've come up the hard way. I've worked really hard. And the reason I've got where I am is because I've worked harder than everyone else. Now that may or might not be true, but the reality is probably that if I was a woman, I wouldn't be here where I am now. The, the amount of privilege I am given and afforded every day in my life just from being a white man is something I never really wanted to consider or had to consider probably until about a year ago. And now it's obvious. It's just obvious. And so you've had to fight very hard in a different way to how I have to get where you are, you know? Do you know what? you're doing far better than me, so you've, you've done well. It's coming on, not Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there, there are a couple of there are a couple of reasons why I wanted to do radio, and one of them predominantly um, was because I wanted to get better at communicating. And radio, there's nowhere to hide. The same as yeah. podcasts, right? There's nowhere yeah. to hide. You've yeah, got all course. this time to fill. Yeah. And I wanted to get better at it, and I wanted to get more experience. And I've always been obsessed with radio. I don't know the, the elements of it. I suppose when I was younger, making you know making my own little radio shows and that yeah. sort of stuff. Um, but there was another element that I. When I got there, I felt so comfortable because I was behind a curtain, if that makes sense. Sure. So you, another thing that you get accused of um, when you work in TV is, I get this all the time, you're only you're only where you are because you um, slept with however many people. Yeah. You you sucked someone off. Yeah. You did this, yeah. you did that. Sorry that those words came out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm, just, these are direct, I'm surprised it took like 45 minutes for that to come know, out. Right? Yeah, okay. it, and these are direct tweets that I get people sending me. You're only here yeah. because this and that. So when I went and worked on the radio, it was almost a relief because I felt... Well, no one can say to me, you're there because of the way that you look. Sure. Or you're there because you're a girl and they need a girl on screen or whatever. It it was like a, well, I'm here and I'm speaking and all you get is is what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, I almost yeah. felt solace in that. Yeah. And then I think about it and I think that's such a sad case of events just, that, you, that it, you have to feel, feel solace in it. It feels to me that like really what you're talking about is almost, I get to, to use an analogy, I get to walk through like a nice field and you've basically got to walk through a minefield dodging all these different things <laughs> yeah, that yeah. could blow up at any moment <laughs> I don't even think about it because I'm like yeah. what's she worried about this field's amazing yeah. <laughs> but, but don't yeah. get me wrong people open doors for you as well and that's really nice yeah, you know some course. people are real gentlemen yeah, they, might close, they might open a car door for you close it for you yeah. get you a coffee that's fine present company excuse, excuse <laughs> I'll take right? those yeah, yeah okay. so briefly then before we wrap up and, and get out of here because we've been in there for ages and um, <laughs> you've got other more important paid work to do. Um, what's next for you? What do you want to do? Do you do you do you want to prioritize your radio? Do you want to prioritize your TV? What, where would you like to see yourself? You know, at your ultimate ambition. Yeah. I know there's a temptation to always be looking for the next thing, but where do you sort of see yourself going? Um, I've always been ambitious. That's like that's the the main probably. If I can call it a quality, sometimes it's, it doesn't feel like a quality, but I always want to strive to be the best at what I'm doing and then get to the next level. And I think at the moment I've got so much more development to do in the roles that I'm in. That's where my focus is. I've I've got to I've got to get really good at those, you know what I mean? And yeah. obviously in the future, you know, my my dream would be to be at the forefront of of either. I don't want to stop working in one medium. I I want yeah. to keep working in radio, I want to keep working in TV. It is tiring and there's only so many days in the week, but I love it. You know, we're not, this doesn't feel 
It like, doesn't feel like a job. No, yeah, not even. The mean. travel bit does. That's the tiring bit, you know. Yeah. The, the traveling is a nightmare, but it doesn't feel like when I'm when I'm working on anything, like even this, I just feel like we're having a chat because we yeah. are. And, yeah. I'm, and whether or not you're being paid for it, you're going to go home and watch the football. Yeah. And you're going to talk about it. Yeah. You're just you're just doing it with a microphone in front of you. So um, I was hoping you would say that you wanted to have some sort of like Michael Parkinson kind of chat show, like <laughs> Jonathan yeah. Ross or Graham Norton type thing. Uh, do you know what? Would I you love... do that? If someone said to you, Graham Norton's just chucking it in, do you want to do it? Yeah, I don't think I've got the same personality. Would you do it though? though? Well, I agree with that, but just in principle, <laughs> would you do it? Of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, 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 you know, any any option that you have in, in this line of work um, to progress and to do something more challenging... I, that's the main thing for me. If it's a challenge, then then I'll take it. Mm. But I love the element of speaking to footballers. That's that's one of my favourite things, actually. You know, all, all the broadcasting aside and all the live experience and 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 the, and the the live game, which by the way, I, I wouldn't switch for anything. Um, I love speaking to people. They don't have to be footballers. Yeah. But just finding out more sure. about them. I find I find humans interesting. <laughs> Good. Well, we find you interesting, Lauren. Thank you very much for your time. And uh, it's been great talking to you. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you. This episode of Ramble Meets was sponsored by Bet365. This was a Radio Stakhano production. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 